Hi, everybody. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you are listening to Goddess and Gab, and I am so excited for my guest today. It's Kitty Cavalier. Welcome, darling. Well, uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And so I want you to tell my audience a little bit about you. Well, first, I'd like to start by saying that I was seduced by you, by your Instagram posts. I love following you on social media. I love your message. I love your uh, the way that you model empowerment and embodiment. And I use that word very intentionally seduced because my work is called sacred seduction and sacred seduction is really about taking the paradigm of seduction that we are all accustomed to, which is, you know, very, very limited and very narrow, uh, usually defined as manipulation or, you know, being overtly sexual to try to get what you want and really opening up the definition of seduction being simply attraction in action. And that sacred seduction is when we allow spirit, the goddess, God, the divine to really help to animate and influence our choices. And so that's what I do. And that's, and, and that's how we met. Uh, Yes. And I was like, and it's so funny because when I first came across your stuff, it's like, I want more of what she's having, but it's only recently, honestly, that I've let myself fully step into myself in, in all my aspects. So I think what connected us majorly was the self-love that like our vibes matched. Um, and also you're just freaking so beautiful. And the post with your mom, like it just, I'm like, can I be her when I get older? Cause she's so stinking adorable. And I love that I can <laughs> feel your love with her. Your post the other day about like a couple things to know about your mom. And I was like, I love her. Mm-hmm. And also, thank you, by the way, for saying that about Instagram, because that's been such a fun play space, play space for me, where I didn't get as much judgment on Instagram from people as I would get on Facebook. It's kind of interesting. Um, but you are definitely somebody that I want to meet in person, because I just think that you, um, you have such a wonderful energy. And um, so one thing is that, so when somebody goes to one of your live events, can you kind of walk me through? Because you have one coming up. When is, when is it coming up? I have one coming up in New York City uh, on June 17th. That is so awesome. Oh, my God. Um, and so tell me, what, tell me what it's like at your events. Like, walk me through. Well, you know, to, to tell you, so basically, you know, with seduction as a spiritual practice, you know, which is, is the tagline for my work. It's like using these energies that we that are at play in our lives all the time, every day. You know, if you think about what you had for breakfast this morning, what you're wearing right now, who you had in your bed last night, who your friends are, all of those choices that we make are influenced in some way by the power of seduction. And seduction, you know, that word is a very provocative kind of controversial word because it indicates in some way manipulation. But my work, when you come to one of my workshops, it's like we take these elements of the old paradigm of seduction and we really make them relevant to who you are as a woman today as a source of, to, to better source your power and your pleasure and your purpose, not 
to not to get not from a place of control or dominance but from a place of deep surrender so it's like for example you know a, a classic hallmark of like a seductive woman is the way that she walks into the room but rather than teaching you how to walk into a room and get everybody else's attention and having it be all about you 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 what i teach in my classes is how to walk into a room in a way that brings you total pleasure and embodiment and containment of your power and of your energy so that you know because it's sometimes easier to think like oh well i'd be a seductress if i had a million dollars to spend on lingerie or if i had a clawfoot bubble bath every single night or something like that but like there are so many simple ways that life seduces us and so in my workshops, we really start with the basics, like how do you walk down the street? How do you eat a ripe strawberry? How do you talk to the people that you love? How do you talk to your coworkers? And really what it is, is like, how do you surrender to the seduction of the present moment and surrender to your power? Because for many of us, you know, seduction is this power that we both fear and revere. It's like we all want that compelling, uh, irresistible power of attraction. And yet it's something that scares us, scares like our, scares us down to our little pinky toes, you know? And so in my workshops, it's really about redefining what does seduction mean for you and how to, again, how to use seduction as a way to surrender to the beauty of the present moment and to the beauty and authenticity of who you are. Mm, what a delicious description. And I was, th I was thinking that, you know, I, sometimes I can, like, if I'm in a certain mode, say I'm in, an, I'm in the grocery store and I'm not really lit up because I'm just like, you know, maybe something happened that day or I'm just not feeling very genuilicious, I feel like I can be almost <laughs> invisible because, you know, like you have your shades on and you're like not all done up or whatever. And then other times, which is the majority of the time, I can walk down the street and, you know, I always dress pretty loud anyway, but people stare at me and I know that I have a magnetic energy that some people either like or they don't. And it's because I'm fully embodying myself and, and like taking in everything, like you're saying, like letting life seduce me. And, you know, I'm wearing this tie-dye blue sweatshirt right now, which, you know, to some people might be like, oh, it's athletic, you know, wear, but it's, it's hanging off of one of my shoulders. So I see like my sexy shoulder. And then before the podcast, I had a client meeting. Before that, I had a juicy, ripe watermelon. And it's like the things like that where I'm like, even if you gave me a million dollars, like, I don't think I could feel any better than I do now mm -hmm. because I choose this. I choose to live on purpose. And so I just, I love the way you describe it because now I'm like, now I'm going to in those moments, cause I have five kids and sometimes my seven year old and my 10 year old will be driving me crazy and I'm happy except for those moments. And so I'm going to find a way to not put up with bullshit with them, obviously, um, you know, be very clear with my boundaries and, and with the intention of what we want to be acting from, but to try to maybe surrender to the moment and surrender to the moment instead of resisting it. 
Hashtag Jennylicious. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like I just I feel like I just signed up for like a triathlon because that's like really hard at this moment. Yeah. Well, and you know, if you want to talk about how to bring seduction into your parenting, I'm happy to, to talk about that with um, you yes, today please. or offline. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk about it because those are two, you know, very uh, opposing terms in most people's minds. Um, but tell, tell me about some of your moments of challenge. And well, um, I've been I've been getting better with my um, three year old, where just like trying to be softer with her because if I'm trying to get a lot of work done and she's having a temper tantrum, sometimes it'll just throw me off like it does any any mom. Um, mm-hmm. But it's more so, you know, I've tried to decide to give my seven year old, ten year old attention. Cause I'm like to my husband, I'm like, I don't know what they want from us that we're not giving them because we'll give them all this attention, but then they have to have a meltdown. So my seven-year-old is going through this phase where he'll like, if you say one thing that he can't have or one little thing, he, he just has this hysterical crying type thing. And I know that in a way I'm not allowing himself to have his emotion, but at the same time, it's like, sometimes we have to be somewhere. Like we, we don't have time for that. And, um, um, that that gets me stuck, but I know that some of it's his age because when my ten year old was that age, he would have meltdowns. I'm pretty good with the two older ones actually right now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. so it's in those moments where the crying fits because it literally hurts my ears, and I don't have any patience in that moment. Mhm, mhm. So what do you feel like is the question? The question is is I don't want to control him, but how can I feel better in those moments? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I want to start by saying that I am not a parent, you know, and so I can only have sympathy <laughs> <laughs> for you in those moments. I can't, I can't say, you know, like, like having five kids, like I really, I can't say that I empathize with that experience, but what I can say mm-hmm. is that in those moments where life is going fast, Mm-hmm. And our nervous system is fried. Yes. You know, a really big part of seduction is that seduction as a lifestyle, seduction as a spiritual practice, is all about slowing things down. That just made me take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Like, can you feel the space in between those words? And how different that feels from slowing things down. No, I totally, totally understand. It's an energetic thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I know for myself that when I notice, and, and, you know, something I talk about in my classes is that when it comes to navigating our inner voice, you know, because seduction as a spiritual practice is very much connected to listening to your inner voice, listening to your truth and listening to your intuition. And for a lot of women, it's like, well, how do I know if it's my inner voice of rage or it's my inner voice of truth, you know, that's really (laughs) wanting to be heard. And, you know, what I would would, uh, offer is, you know, that we all have a a certain tone and pitch and speed when it Mm -hmm. comes to our inner voice. Mm-hmm. And when I think about myself, when I'm overwhelmed and my nervous system is fried and I'm reactive, it's like, you know, the, the, the sound of a person who is in that state is like a person in haywire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the sound of a person who is really grounded and rested and connected 
is much, much slower. And so in those moments when I notice myself going so incredibly fast, something that, and, and you know how this relates to what you're sharing is like in those moments when your kid is having a meltdown and you have to be somewhere and you know, everything is going fast. It's like the, the bravest thing that I think a woman can do in moments like that is rather than go into fight or flight and just barrel through and shove the kid in his car seat and, you know, march on with life. I, I really feel like the bravest thing that we can do is just take, even if it's 60 seconds, to slow everything down. Because the person in the, who is most in the present moment is the person with the most pleasure and the person with the most power, no matter what is going on around you. How does that resonate with you? That really, it, it's so interesting because it reminds me of like, are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? Uh-huh. So it reminds me of like how... I, I um, don't know the exact quote, but it's like about somebody who is in like in the vortex or in alignment is more powerful than a hundred people that are not. And so I understand exactly what you're saying. And, I, and, and so I know that you, that you said you don't have kids and it, and to me that doesn't even matter on what you were, um, what you were sharing with me because I could feel that your intuition was guiding me to exactly what I wanted to hear, not what I wanted to hear, what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And so it literally sat with me in my being. And I was like, wow, okay. I, it's like, you know, you can get things in your mind, but then when someone says something just a little bit differently, it was the way you said, slow down. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I didn't say it the way you said it, but I know exactly what you meant because I am, you know, in an anxious feeling at that moment. And, and so I want to control and control mm -hmm. is not what's required in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, I think for, there's probably a lot of women that come to you who also come to me as well that just don't know how to, it's like, they don't know how to life, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. not even live, they don't know how to life. They don't know how to get through life because they're just like going, going, going all the time. And everything is a reaction or a trigger. And what I was going to say to you about, um, this came up is that whole idea of when the nervous system is overloaded and, and things like that is that. In my, in my personal practice and with my coaching practice, this has been so important, is everyone likes to vilify the ego and yet it keeps you alive. And I look at the ego as having different aspects to it. I'm not an authority on the ego, but I will say there's the shadow side, your shadow work that is so powerful. And then in that, right next to your shadow work is the inner child work. And when you can nail those things down, like, and figure out who you are and own every single ounce of yourself. That is just, to me, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. And mm -hmm. it's, I, I've gotten to that place now where I will own if I'm being a jerk. I just want to own all of myself and be so authentic and honest. And it's, um, it's like, it's just so powerful. So I'm going to watch my ego in those moments to see mm -hmm. what's happening. Because obviously, if my seven-year-old punches the 10-year-old, like there's a reaction of safety and whatnot. But there, there's also an underlying, there's a story that I'm telling myself that is in contradiction to what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, another aspect, another technique that I often share about in my classes is the concept of curiosity over criticism. Mm. You know, so criticism is something that has a very positive, or has very, you know, intense charge to it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Complimenting someone is also something that has an intense charge to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas curiosity is very neutral, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, like, I can't tell you how many times I have, you know, it's like there's either that critical part, which is the constriction that like runs away and hides, or that's, there's that people pleaser part. And this is not necessarily talking about your kids, although it can apply to your relationship to your kids. There's like that people pleaser part of us that just wants to compliment and everything's great and everything. And it's, that's, you know, it's like very, it's like two opposite polarities. Curiosity is right smack dab in the center. So it's like, you know, absolutely, you know, your reaction of safety and all of that in that moment is is relevant and necessary and and your truth. But what I would also really be interested in is like if you were to talk to your little one from a place of curiosity of like, hey, so why did you punch your sibling in the face? Like, I really just want to know like what was going through your head at that moment? You know what I mean? Because curiosity is an invitation. It's like really genuinely wanting to know what was up with you in that moment. Not because I'm, I want to criticize you, not because I want to vilify you, but because I want to know you. Mm. And that kind of attention, that kind of focused, intimate, whatever you tell me, like I am here for you to, to welcome that unconditionally because I want to know you like that is true, genuine intimacy. And I just think that that kind of focused, curious attention for so many of us, whether it's parenting, whether it's friendships, whether it's love relationships, when you remove that intensity of charge of either being positive or negative, and you get to that place of buoyancy that curiosity provides, that that is almost like the Petri dish, like the ideal growing conditions for true healthy intimacy. That's so beautiful. And I totally understand what you mean. Um, Because it's almost like, I think with my boys specifically, it's like they're just learning. So their egos are bumping up against each other and they're just, everything is a reaction. Mm -hmm. So to try to comment it from a different angle, like you're saying, is really important because I've been getting criticism recently. And I know that when I get criticized, my dukes come out and I'm like, fuck you. And in my mind, even if I don't say it to the person, um, and I know that my feelings get hurt very easily. They don't get hurt like they used to. I mean, back in the day, it was ridiculous. Um, and so some of that is probably hurt feelings. And what's needed there is the curiosity and a loving, softer space versus the forceful, um, like criticism space. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely hear you on that. I think that's, um, I'm going to sit with it. I love when you make me like just think and not even have an answer. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, it's you know, because awesome. the answer is dependent on your truth. You know, mm-hmm. that's another thing that's really important to me when a woman comes to my workshops is that I'm not. I'm not at the front of the room to try to tell you what to do or what you should think or how you should feel. I'm there to invite you to listen more deeply to the truth of who you are and the truth of how you actually feel because encoded in that is all the answers you're ever going to need. And that I love because I, you know, I've had people put me up, put me up on a pedestal at times. And, um, and I'm like, listen, don't do that to me because I'm going to fall because I'm human. 
And I know I've done that to teachers, you know, when I was younger as well. And uh, I don't like that. I, I want to create other leaders. I don't want to be like somebody's only answer because that's the opposite of what I want. I want to connect somebody to their own self-love source and their own intuition. So that way they never need me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, empower them, like completely empower them. And I just imagine that kind of like Phoenix rising from the ashes because I feel like mo most women, okay, uh, now I'm going to say all women that are doing any sort of work on themselves, whether they're coming to your workshop, whether they're working with me, whether they're going to Tony Robbins or any, anything spiritual or personal development, they've gone through something, whether it's an eating disorder or it's, you know, a bad marriage or whether it's something happened with their kids, whatever it is, could be just, you know, their own self-esteem. But we all like the, the goal is to feel like you are that Phoenix rising from the ashes not like an end goal, like you're never going to have a problem again, but there's just something about women, especially as they get older, that I find so sexy when you hear like their story and you're like, wow, that is amazing. Like, that's so awesome that you've come to the place that you're at right now. I just think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, there's nothing sexier than, than someone who's not afraid to tell the truth. Mm. I, I agree. And I just talked about this on Facebook today. I wrote a post and it was about like, I can't do chit chat anymore. I just can't. I, it's, I've gotten to the place where I've been a mother for, it'll be 20 years this, um, this month. Wow. And so that's a lot of chit chatty conversations that I've had. And even yeah. when you and I were talking before the podcast, it still wasn't chit chatty. It's still juicy. It was still yeah. like, a, you know, connected conversation. I just can't talk about the weather anymore. I just can't. I just, I find that I literally wrote in the post that like, if I'm on my phone, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, maybe I'm returning a message from a client. Maybe I'm on Facebook or Instagram, but I just can't do that anymore because it really drains me. Like I only want to have heart to hearts with people or be totally inappropriate talking about something inappropriate or like laughing my ass off. I don't like the chit chat. And I feel like there's a lot of women that are asking for sisterhood and asking for those richer relationships with their girlfriends and their partners and with their kids. I feel like this is what we're, this is what everybody's asking for right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agree. And so then when they come to your workshop, how does them be like, how does them feeling like it, they're, they're almost like being seduced by life, but then also feeling like a seductress. Is that a good way to, to describe it? I would say, yeah. Um, you know, feeling, feeling like a seductress of life, you know, like, mm. like the thing is that, you know, seductress is another one of those terms that we have a lot of charge about, you know, that we associate, you know, that I, I just went to my friend Liana Silver's book signing last night, and she mentioned a statistic that there are over 220 words to describe a sexually promiscuous woman where there are 20 to describe a man, to describe a sexually promiscuous man. And, you know, what that tells me and, and, and what that, what I really love about the word seductress, when we look at the, the great seductresses of history is that, you know, yes, there are the bombshells and the beauties, but, you know, the women who were real true champions of love and of life were the ones who were not afraid to live the truth of who they were on the inside, on their outside. You know, if you take a look at, for example, um, Natalie Barnet, 
you know, who is a woman who in the 1800s, you know, moved to Paris because she wanted to have love rituals in her backyard and write poetry about all of her lovers and, you know, live this very kind of scandalous life. But, you know, what is the difference between scandalous and just simply living your freedom? You know, like when we look at, at historical seductresses, what left their mark on history, Victoria Gordon Woodhouse, for example, she had four husbands at one time, well, you know, and, and she was the epicenter of their lives. And she was an incredible muse and musician. And, you know, all of this is during a time where the expectations of woman are wife. Mm-hmm. And... You know, so when I say seductress, when I say that a woman will feel more of a feel seductress when she leaves one of my classes, what I really mean by that is that she will feel connected to her sensual self and she will feel connected to her inner voice, her truth, and she will feel courageous and brave and emboldened by the that by the physical tangible experience of that as her natural state of being rather than that which is expected of her being her natural state of being you know that that is what she should be striving for that she feels a restoration of that connection to the truth of who she is and that she thinks it's really sexy and fun and for a lot of women who come to my classes you know sexy is not even really the goal Sexy mm -hmm. is just kind of the byproduct of what happens when a woman embodies that level of confidence. I love that. The restoration. I'm like, your words are like honey girl. Um, <laughs> and, and I was thinking about Maya Angelou, like her words could not be sexier in the way that they're just so juicy. And I feel like there's, like you said about the charge on words, like I love the word sensual. Like I'm such a sensual woman in the fact that like I love with my full being and you will know if I'm engaged or I'm, if I'm not engaged because it's really obvious. And yes, I can fake it if I have to, but I just only like to live a sensual life and on purpose all the time. And I think that the whole idea of the sexiness, I always try to empower other women to, to know that every single woman is beautiful and that sexy is a state of being. It's not a look. It's not like, to me, some of the most perfect looking bodies that are Photoshopped, they lack something for me that it's nothing against the women that you know the picture is but sometimes i like the before picture better than the after picture because it's real mm -hmm. and it's like and there's something beautiful about imperfections with our bodies like listen i could get a breast lift i can get a tummy tuck but i think i'm the sexiest woman in my sexiest woman in my world because i'm lit up and because i'm allowing that space i'm allowing myself to own all of myself my words my body everything and that's what i'm feeling such a beautiful energy from what you're talking about from your events is just imagine those women that they're leaving there and it's, and yes, they can go home and seduce their husband, but that's not the goal or their partner or their, you know, or their female partner. But it's about like having a life that is just so much richer. And it's like, you know, no amount of shoes that you're going to buy can ever make up for the lack of you feeling that self-love within. And I think that's so important because I think that some of our self-love stuff gets misunderstood because it's, it's a, it can be a little fluffy when mm -hmm. if you have fluffy without doing the work, it's like trying to slap a happy face sticker on a wound that needs a bandaid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great metaphor.
And so do you have people that come there that have like this major thing that they have to release? Like, I'm sure you have, you have both. Yeah. I mean, you know, it all depends on, I mean, tell, tell me more about that question. Like when they come there, are they like, do they have this thing that they just wanted to release, whether it's, you know, their marriage failed or they were abused or something like that they just kind of need to get off their chest and be held, you know, in a safe space. And then they're like, then they're on the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that does happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say that for every woman, it, like all of us, all of us have that mm-hmm. in some form or another and at some stage or another, you know, and um, that exactly what you're describing, like, like one of the, 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 the fundamental aspects of sacred seduction is what I call verite. Verite or verite in French. It's a French word for truth. And, you know, truth, not just, not just the, the superficial truth, but like the deep truth, like your real truth, like the truth underneath the truth. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. It's it, because I know exactly what you mean, because it's like when you're so completely honest with yourself, your life just completely changes because you like, it's, it's where for me in my work, it's, it's that shadow work side. Like, what are you afraid people are going to know about you? Because when you can love that part of you, your life changes. And that's where the self-love doesn't become fluffy anymore. It becomes actually real. And I asked you about the people's experiences because from doing like breathing workshops 20 years ago to attending like all different things, there's always like, some people have these major, like come to Jesus moments. And then other people, it's more of an integration that comes later on when they get home. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, some people want to have that big epic explosion and it's like, you really don't necessarily need that. It's not, everyone's story is going to be different. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to have this big major release to get these things changed. What I feel like happens when people don't have those, but they, but it's a more long lasting integrated. It's almost like you unraveled things for them in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they get to go home and like create who they want to be. Yeah. I love that. I just love that. I'm so excited for the people that are going to come to your event. And so I want you to tell people how they can find out more about you and your event. And then I'm going to want you to send me um, all your stuff and I'll tell you after we, after we start recording, but tell them how to get a piece of kitty. Awesome. Well, if you want, if you want a little piece of this pie, you just go to <laughs> cavalier.com. So that's K-I-T-T-Y. C-A-V-A-L-I-E-R.com. You can also go to sacredseduction.com. They're the same thing. And so on kittycavalier.com is a direct link to my live event that's happening in New York, June 17th. You can also download the first chapter of my book. I wrote a book called Sacred Seduction, a guidebook, memoir, and tribute to the art of seduction um, that's available on Amazon. And you can download the first chapter of that for free when you visit my website. And, you know, feel free to drop me a love note because I adore you, Jenny, and I'm so honored to have the opportunity to to connect with your community. And, um, And thank you so much for having me as a guest. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought up your book because I felt like you had a book, but then I didn't want to say it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, but see, there's my intuition. And that's the, I want to end on this. So what I feel like, um, you know, Kitty, you just, you so embody your intuition that it is so sexy that you seduced me with your intuition. 
And I feel like I want women to just start paying attention to their intuition because in this very patriarchal society, I'm not trying to be negative, but we need to go back to the divine feminine and, and that within ourselves and start going with our guidance from within that the universe is giving you every day instead of just going with the mind because mm-hmm. you really should have your intuition guiding your life rather than just the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to end on that. And thank you so much, Katie. Everybody needs to find Kitty because everyone needs a kitty in their life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can thank I say you so one much. Jenny Curry, and you were listening about- to Goddess and Gab.